The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Support for this show comes from The Calling Academy, using research and online courses to empower people from all faiths and spiritual paths to live a full life. Learn how to answer your call at callingacademy.com. From Spirituality and Health Magazine, this is Essential Conversations. My guest today is Stephen Kiesling. He's the editor-in-chief of Spirituality and Health Magazine, and Steve comes on just before the release of every issue to talk about what's coming out. So, Steve, welcome to Essential Conversations. Well, thank you. It's, it's good to be back. And what's coming out? <laughs> you know, so we're here what? to talk about our, our January, February issue, uh, which hits the newsstands in uh, right at the end of December. And, you know, we're still in, in the real world rather than the virtual world. So we, you know, we work way ahead of time and, you know, we team up with artists and we illustrate things and then we send it off to a printer and then we wait and then it shows up in the mailbox or it shows up. It's a very different um, and actually wonderful way of, of living that that's becoming more and more uh, uh, rare, I guess. Um so it's it's an interesting, you know, a combination of technologies to be doing a podcast about a print magazine. You gotta love this. But um, anyway, that's what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, that's the. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, you do all the work, and then there's this lag time while you're working on the next one, which won't be out for <laughs> months. So exactly, yeah, it's a, it's a very different thing. I wonder if it if it creates a different kind of community of of participants readers in the sense of the magazine i know that one of the things that we're trying to do is to move beyond the notion of the passive reader the just someone who just receives the magazine absorbs the information and waits for the next one i know you're looking for for more than that or you'd like to be a a vehicle to help people be more than that yeah that's that's very true and and part of what happens is that our our readers tend to be you know, very educated, involved people, um, the kind of people are doing exactly the sorts of projects that we want to cover. So, you know, part of part of this endeavor is also to reach out and say, hey, uh, you're reading this magazine because you are interested in what these people are doing, what our, you know, our, our experts are doing. And, you know, you're an expert, too. So tell us what it is, what's really motivating motivating you at the moment. And that's, 
I mean, that's the, the business of being a magazine editor is going out and finding people who have things to say. And, and actually, a lot of the people who have really good things to say are people who read this magazine. So this is a pitch to all, all of our readers to you know, send in ideas. Um, it's Steve at spiritualityhealth.com will get you to my, my e- email inbox and you know, say what you're doing. So it's so, not just that you're asking for, oh, Steve, I think we ought to have an article. You ought to research this. You ought to publish something on this. You're actually, in, if I'm hearing you right, you're actually inviting people to say, I'd like to write something on X. I have expertise in this area. Are you interested in publishing me? Yeah, that's I, that's exactly the point. I mean, I, I had the, uh, you know, in the course of every issue, I mean, most of the time I get to go someplace and do something. That's part of, you know, um, part of my practice and part of my job is to go find, you know, find interesting people to talk to. And this, in this issue, I went to uh, an event called rest of all, which was outside of uh, Flagstaff. And, uh, that was a uh, rest of all is sort of is festival and retreat, a combination. And it was a, a sort of a, an event created out in the desert and, full of interesting people. And actually quite a few of the people there uh, were subscribers to the magazine and including the people who, um, who, who put the thing on, who, who owned the, uh, uh, the ranch where this uh, rest of all took place, um, Mark and Kate Sorensen. And they, they had started, they had come to what was Navajo country. Mark came 40 years ago and, uh, fell in love with the place. He was studying uh, education and he wanted to study the Navajo way of education. And he ended up uh, moving there and starting a school called the Star School, which means service to all relations or something. Anyway, it's a, a wonderful off the grid school uh, that's all Navajo kids. And it's all about relationship to each other, to the, you know, to the planet, to the sky, to, I mean, it's, I mean, amazing place. Anyway, they're subscribers of the magazine, and uh, Mark ended up writing this wonderful story about the Navajo way of peacemaking, which is in the January issue. And uh, you know, hopefully, his wife is going to write something else. Um, she's. Uh, they're also they're Burning Man people. They every year they've gone to Burning Man, where I've never been. But um, uh, we actually had another. Another we have another piece in this issue from a, a woman who's been going to Burning Man for years, which and she sees that as the, you know, creativity is the antidote to, you know, all of the the other kind of terrible things that are happening on our planet mm-hmm. right now. Anyway, it's just it's it, the, the community of of spirituality and health keeps expanding through these connections, and it's amazing to find, you know, find our subscribers in interesting places like way out in the middle of the desert or at Burning Man or, um, or conferences or wherever. So. No, that's, that's fine. I mean, I've never been to Burning Man either. Every time I think of Burning Man, I guess think of hemorrhoids. (laughs) That's as as close to Burning Man as I'm ever going to get. But, uh, but, but I think it's really fascinating if, if people are hearing this the way you intended and the way I'm hearing it myself is you're really asking for another level of engagement with the reader, reader slash contributor. And I, I hope people are, are going to take that to heart because because like you said, they, they, you know, each person who gets the magazine has a passion for something, an interest in something, an expertise in something. And if, if uh, they let you know, there may be an opportunity for them to share that with the other 
then it's a real community. We get to share with each other and not simply receive uh, what you like. In many magazines, there's sort of that elite group that gets to publish. And here you're saying, no, let's let's learn from each other. What we're looking for is really the the awakening moments that people have. And, and one, of the, one of the awakening moments that I ran across at this rest of all um, experience was a woman named Hannah, Man, Hannah Mendoza, who runs the, uh, the hippie zippy elixir bar. And she goes to festivals and she's used to, you know, uh, dancing all night and you have a sea of bodies and they're, they're going crazy. And she was running her, uh, some sort of food truck, I guess, a vegan food truck. And she realized that she didn't want to uh, try and stay up all night by drinking caffeine or doing drugs or all the other things that people typically do to stay up all night and dance. And so she started playing with superfoods. And her awakening was to make these elixirs out of you know, combinations of mushrooms and um, and different nut milks and all these things. I mean, not the magic mushrooms, but I mean, just, uh, you know, healthy mushrooms and to make things that make elixirs that allow people to dance all night or to recover from dancing all night. And it was amazing to be at this, you know, out in the desert where she's making these these potions uh, with with her blender each morning. And they're really fabulous. And and she's, uh, you know, she's created a business, you know, that, that goes to all these festivals now and makes these magical potions and people dance all night with them. Uh, but she also provides the recipes in the issue of, you know, how to make them, make them yourself and you know how to set your intention. You know, this is what you want to do. If you want to be, be calm or if you want to be excited or this or that, you add these ingredients. And I'd never thought about my morning coffee that way. Yeah, right. And this this is a way to share. And if not just in the print magazine, you could share it uh, online too with the with the, uh, the the website. So exactly, yeah. I, I know that you talked to a couple of, or not talked to you. You're publishing a couple of my friends uh, in the next issue, the January February issue, Ed Bastian and Adya Shanti, and they're two very very different characters, certainly. But you know, I know that Ed. In the in the essay he's he's publishing with you, but just because I've known him for the last fifteen plus years, he is involved in in a, in a sense in helping people fashion their own spiritual paths based on what he calls your spiritual style or spiritual learning style. Just the way you know people are audio learners or kind of aesthetic learners or you know, visual learners. He he's got a, a whole list of ways that people engage in spirituality and suggest that you work with the one that's that's your strong suit and not sort of force yourself into someone else's system. And, and I'm, I'm curious from your experience with readers, if that's a general trend, in other words, creating your own spiritual path is a general trend. Because I know Thomas More, who writes for us every time, a regular columnist, uh, he's got a number of books about this kind of thing, about creating your own your own religious path, your own spiritual path. So, uh, is that is that you think that's sort of a general interest of of the reader? I, I think so. I mean, the question is, I mean, how does how does each one of us choose a path? And I think both Adi Ashanti and and Ed are 
going at the same question. I mean, Adi Ashanti's great his his push is to ask people you know ask people to find the question that they need to ask, mm-hmm. and and Ed lays it out of here's and here here are a dozen great questions. You know, start with these, see what resonates. Right, um, right. That works together and, and very it, nicely. Yeah, it's it's all getting at the same thing. Of I, I you know I haven't met. I haven't I've never sat with Adi Ashanti, though I've I know so many people who have, so I feel like I know him. And the same thing I've never met Ed, but I've talked to him on the phone a lot, so I feel like I know him. You know, it, I mean I think the, the issue is about is helping people find a path. And I think at this moment, and one of the things I love that you wrote in the issue was about finding a path where you know where you know, we were working on this issue when a bomb was dropped in the middle of it, at least for me, uh, in terms of the election and you know, just waking up to a, a different kind of reality or, or, or awakening to the, I, I think you described it very well is that there's always, there's an ongoing battle between, uh, you know, people, the search for freedom and, and trying to avoid freedom. Right. Right. Yeah, what what Eric uh, Fromm calls the escape from freedom. Yeah, and we have a path, trying to stay on a path, and then the path changes. And at the same time, how do you realign? And I think that's that's where this issue is particularly helpful, because you know I'm 58 years old. I think well, I have a path, but guess what? I can read through Ed's checklist and go, wait a second, okay, how do I? how do I realign myself now given, given what's happened? And, and that's really important. I think, and actually to take a moment to, um, to, to stop and, and not react and think about, okay, well, where am I right now? Given, given this, it's not that the world has changed, but there is, the lens that we see the world has certainly shifted, I think, in a, in a very uncomfortable way. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And well, this is a good moment to uh, to really reflect on that and what what do we do move in moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would say two things to that. Number one, I don't want to assume that uh, spirituality and health readers are all on the liberal end of the spectrum, or all Democrats, or all voted for 
you know, one candidate or no one voted for President-elect Trump. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, that's, and yeah. that's true. That's so, so, true. so I don't I don't really want to go that way. But I think things have changed, though I don't think the election in and of itself uh, is the cause of the change. I think it simply reflects the change. And one of the things that's changed is we live in a post-truth reality. Facts don't yes. matter. And here we are, or you are, I guess I work for you, <laughs> but here we are publishing a magazine that is about truth and about facts, about, look, here's, here's a practice. Here's a, something that we, we think works. And I'm, I'm wondering if we have a, or you feel a greater responsibility to get these truths out there in a post-truth environment. <laughs> yes. And, and it's actually one of the things that makes me happy to still be in the print business because it takes time. I mean, we get to work on things and, and think about them. Uh, you can't wake up in the middle of the night and tweet something. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I still could, but the, uh, but there's actually a lot of reflection that has to happen to print a magazine. And a lot of back and forth. And also a, a lot of eyes have to go on it. Mm. And, and there are two things that happen. I mean, part of the, the issue is this issue is helping people to find their own truth. Um, but that's, I guess, to get to your point, I mean, finding one's own truth is, is not a trivial thing. And it's very, very difficult. And it, it doesn't come out in 160 character bits. Okay, okay. I have to interrupt. Work. Clearly, you don't tweet. Yeah. It's 140 characters. Oh, sorry. It's 140. <laughs> yeah, okay. Whatever it is. Yeah, I'm not a tweeter. But it's just not my thing. Uh -huh. uh, and yeah, I, I feel, I mean, I feel like a dinosaur in a lot of ways. And at the same time, it's. That's an important thing. I mean, we, what, one of the things that happened actually in my life was we started one of the first uh, health services on the, before the internet on CompuServe in 1980, 1988 or something. And, and I remember even working on it then, being concerned about it because one, it wasn't as much fun as working on a print magazine because you don't get to you don't get to work with the same art di directors. But, but also, um, how easy it was to just make stuff up, and that's become you know just glaringly obvious. Right. Well, like you said, there's many eyes that have to look at this, so you get a lot of people's take to challenge things, to question things before it actually comes out in print, and and you you want to be trusted. So, because the, the obligation isn't simply to get magazine into someone's hands, it's to make sure you're getting fact-based reality into someone's hands. And that's not always easy to do, uh, especially now, but, but just the fact it takes, I don't want to say it takes a village, but okay, it takes a village <laughs> to put out a magazine. And that's, that's the, the, I guess, the safety net of the magazine is that it's not just you you know, uh, sending out your opinion, uh, it's, it's people going, wait, wait, that makes no sense. Let me, let, let's rethink that. Or let me get some clarification on that before we actually commit to print. So it does, it slows things down, but I think it deepens 
the quality of what emerges, uh, whereas uh, you know, tweeting is a, is a whole different medium. It's just it's got nothing to do with that. Tweeting is is very in the moment, and it's only meant to be temporary. And you know, we take it far too seriously. Though I I tweet a lot. Uh, I've got forty thousand plus followers on my Twitter feed. Uh, Rabbi wow. Rami at Twitter, however that works at Rabbi Rami when you go to Twitter, and and I, I I do all kinds of snarky things on Twitter, but they're just meant to be fun and not, you know, they're not serious like uh, I do for the magazine. So let, let me ask you another question though, sort of along in these lines. You you mentioned quickly, but I want to take it in a different context. In Adya Shanti's essay. He talks about, or there's an interview with him. In the interview with him that Sam Mo does, uh, he talks about, as you said, finding your question and using that uh, in your practice of inquiry. And I'm wondering if you could ask the same question, what's your question, about the magazine itself. Do you think spirituality and health has a question at the core of if you can say it, of its practice as a magazine. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, the magazine comes down uh, in, a, in, a, in one way to, it was Brother David Stendeldraft who wrote a piece in the very first issue about um, spirituality as super aliveness. And and that struck with me. I mean, it just, that stuck, you know, it's just what is, what is total aliveness? What is super aliveness? How do we be most alive? And I, I cling to that. Um, that, I mean, that's, and, that and seems, that, yeah, go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. And, I mean, and that's, that's about being very, very open. I mean, I, my background is in athletics I mean, rowing and all that kind of stuff. But I spend most of my time talking to people who are like Adi Ashanti, who was so wonderfully internal and so wonderfully alive. I mean, I like, I like Adi Ashanti. I mean, and I, again, I haven't met him, but my understanding is he, I mean, he likes watch, watching NASCAR and, you know, he <laughs> does regular things. And yeah. I mean, I'm not a NASCAR fan, but he's, you know, he's a regular person and at the same time, he carries with him this awareness that right. brings right. people, you know, thousands of people wanting to sit, sit with him. So I, I'm going to have to wrap this up because we are out of time. But, okay. but let, me, let me just go back to this and, and highlight what you said, because I think it's really important and very succinct the way you put it. That, that if there's a question that drives the magazine that you're trying to, that, that, that motivates the magazine to be what it is. And, and in a sense, it's the question that we're hoping uh, uh, readers ask in their own way is how do I achieve or how do I live with this total aliveness? I mean, a magazine for total aliveness. That, it seems that's, what, that's what's motivating all of this. And I think that's what, what really makes the work that we all do for the magazine so exciting because it's not about pushing an agenda. It's about inviting people into this notion of total aliveness. And again, just so we don't lose it, you're inviting people to actually write about what they do to, to achieve this total aliveness and what they're, where their passion Exactly. Are. Yeah, so, and that can be an inner, internal practice or it can be a way of mixing up mushroom elixirs to keep you up all night dancing. I mean, those are yeah. both, 
Those are both yeah. spiritual pursuits, you know. Well, there you go. So if you have an, a passion that you'd like to write about, you want to get um, get Steve's ear, they can contact you. Again, give us the email address. It's just steve at spiritualityhealth.com. All right, Steve. Well, thanks for talking to us. We'll, we'll catch you up. We'll catch up with you at, uh, in two months for the next issue. All righty. Well, thanks so much. My guest today was Steve Kiesling. He's the editor-in-chief of Spirituality and Health magazine. Support for this show comes from the Calling Academy, using research and online courses to empower people from all faiths and spiritual paths to live a full life. Learn how to answer your call at callingacademy.com. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health magazine. Please log in to spiritualityhealth.com to subscribe to the magazine in print or digital formats and download the iTunes app for this podcast. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker and our program coordinator and executive producer is Alma Tassi. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.